Hey everybody, I'm Jen, bookstore owner. And I'm Amy, bookstore buyer. Here at Bard's Alley Bookshop in Vienna, Virginia. And you are tuned in to We We Speak Speak Volumes, a Bard's Alley Bookshop podcast. This is where we talk about books we love, what they mean to us, and why we want to share them with you. We'll also tell you a little bit about what you may or may not know about them already. We'll discuss stories for all ages and across genres, and during each episode, we will share our own stories as they relate to our titles. So what do you say, Amy? Should we book it? Yeah, let's book it. Hello, listeners. You are here with Lane and Jen for We Speak Volumes. Merry everything. Happy holidays. Yay! It's that most wonderful time of the year, and that's one of the reasons that we are only launching one episode this month, and first off, thank you for joining us, and we apologize for not being with you earlier in the month. I had come down with a cold, and Lane, tell the listeners what it's like at Bard's Alley in the month of December. (laughs) It's wonderfully busy. Busy, 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 busy. And I am unpacking a lot of books, trying to keep all the best books on the shelves for all of you. That's right. It is the busiest season for us. And that said, we knew what we were going to talk about for this episode because it's December, right? It is. Yeah. It's just still December, even though it feels like a long one. But we're going to talk about A Christmas Carol. Yay! By Charles Dickens. So. Thank you, everyone. Released December 19th, 1843. Guess what day this podcast is going to be launched? December 19th, 2022. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it is. We're going to chat. We agreed we didn't need to go over the plot because... If you don't know the plot of A Christmas Carol by now, then it's time to get out and get this book in your hands. Go and read it or watch one of the many, many, many movies based on this novel but do it for sure and you know what it is so short it is it's like a novella it's it's a it's 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 barely 200 pages yeah barely 200 pages you were saying something about the first time not only have you read this book but it's the first charles dickens i've ever ever read to my knowledge to your knowledge well it just occurred to me maybe i was supposed to read dickens somewhere along the way (laughs) it just didn't but no this is the first dickens that i've read and man, I have to say, it's wonderful. He's wonderful. And I understand now the love for his works. And Mm -hmm. I look forward to reading more of them. It's totally worth it. Even if I've seen so many adaptations, it's still worth reading. Yeah. Because he just infuses so much more into the story than could possibly be filtered into anything, a play, a, a film, TV, what have you. When I was reading it, each actor in, whether I've seen it live or on a movie, Mm -hmm. brings their own uniqueness, right, to whether it's Scrooge or one of the ghosts. But Charles Dickens, has he's humorous. He has a lot of humor. And so when you're reading it, that comes through so well. It's different. It yeah. is. And he's funny. He's very funny. That was really surprising and delightful because yeah. I really like how he infuses the humor because it's really the narrator's subtle commentary 
on whatever's happening in yes. that moment mm-hmm. that it's so cheeky. Like the whole thing opens up with the famous opening the, line right. that Marley was dead, mm-hmm. right? Right. And then the narrator goes on to say that he was dead as a doornail. Yeah. And then goes on this whole diatribe about, I don't know why it's a doornail that's supposed to be the epitome of what's dead. Wouldn't a coffin nail make more sense? <laughs> so it's, it's just lovely. And it really makes the story sing, for lack of a better word. Now that you said the word sing, I'm going to segue into a fact I didn't know. Because in the book, he doesn't have chapters. There's staves. Yes. Stave one, stave two, etc. I didn't know, but that's a musical reference. Oh, my. Yeah, it is. I had to look it up because I'm like, what? what is a stave? I don't know why it's called a stave. Usually it's chapter. And I looked it up and it says the book is divided into musical staves versus chapters it's because it's it's a a carol carol because it's a carol yeah yeah i know okay we were going to read that introduction should i do that now yes all right basically there's a collection of christmas stories so he has more than let the cricket on the hearth that's a dickens christmas tale my ignorance is showing right now but there's also there's just it's a collection this is a collection of stories okay i'm going to read the preface this is in charles dickens own hand okay A Christmas Carol in Prose, Being a Ghost Story of Christmas, by Charles Dickens. The preface reads as follows. I have endeavored in this ghostly little book to raise the ghost of an idea, which shall not put any reader out of humor with themselves, with each other, with the season, or with me. May it haunt their houses pleasantly, and no one wish to lay it. Their faithful friend and servant, C.D., December 1843. Wow. I, know. I like it. So it's a ghost story, but not meant to scare you. Yeah. It's a tragic comedy. <laughs> I'm learning. I learned all these things about this, but it is. It's like... You think it's a tragedy, but... It's not. Yeah, it's and not. this is my question. We keep coming back to this story time and time again, like for over a hundred years. Mm-hmm. What is it about this story? What is it that makes this story so relatable and makes us want to continue to tell it in all of our varying ways, time and time and time again? I feel like next to Hamlet and Pride and Prejudice, this is probably the story that gets the most reverence absolutely mm-hmm. from yeah. its retellings yeah do you have any thoughts and i know another fact because we have this other book it's like a companion it's very cool the friendly dickens by nori epstein and it just talks a lot about all of dickens works and the background of things but when he released this book mm-hmm. on the 19th of december it sold out by christmas eve the first edition really yeah get out And there was so much excitement over it. It really relaunched a lot of traditions. So think about what's in it. Caroling. Mm -hmm. Christmas tree. A dinner with your family. The parties and dancing. It's almost like Fezziwig. It's like your work party. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. (laughs) I hadn't thought about that. It is. The snowball fight. Just think. Go forward and just think of all the traditions. Again, when I was just reading about it, it's a fact that in the Victorian era, like it really got people back into actually celebrating with those traditions. 
Isn't is it cool? Amazing. Yeah, it's so cool. And I just need to throw this out there for those who don't know, because of course I didn't know. But he wrote this darn thing in six weeks. Six weeks. Oh my gosh. That just blows my mind. Man, and somebody's you know, <laughs> got some talent. This guy does. I'm telling you. And you know the irony? Hmm? He wrote it because he needed money. <laughs> oh my. I know. I know. I, oh my. I, That's I, know. Great. I want you to talk more about the writing itself. But, oh, but God. before we go there, yeah. I, the other thing, he actually started this as like a pamphlet to address social justice themes. Like unfair labor. Interesting. Mm -hmm. And basically, because he grew up in working in factories, he was not wealthy or he didn't come from like an elitist family or anything. But he grew up as a young kid working in factories. He really, it was like the whole social justice focused on, think about Bob Cratchit working his tail off, Mm -hmm. barely getting any time off. It was about paid vacation. Really? Yes, because in that time period, they wouldn't allow their employees to take time off. Poor excuse to pick a man's pocket. Uh Huh? Yep. See, you're on it. And it was his way. This is just something, again, about him as a person to hit that theme. And we all know the ending where Scrooge comes around and and finally gets it. Isn't that funny? That is fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love this. All about paid vacation. I think I need to read more on Mr. Dickens about him and not only his works, but about him. You know, the thing about this whole social justice aspect of it, too, is like, how long has that been a problem? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In our capitalistic societies? Yes. It's the thing we're continuing to fight. That's true. And I think that speaks to part of why this is still so resonant right now and mm-hmm. throughout all the ages that followed. There's a bit of classic sort of tragic elements mm-hmm. to this story, but because he's infused it with such humor and hope, right? Mm-hmm. And what I love about it is Scrooge after he's visited by Marley, is shaken. Mm -hmm. And then the first ghost comes. And it's nearly immediate, his recognition of what his life was, what it is now. And there are beautiful moments when he's with Christmas present, Mm -hmm. where he cries and tears up and says things like, I wish I'd Mm -hmm. given that little boy caroling something. I wish I could talk to my Mr. Bob Cratchit right now, my clerk. Yeah. Because he's genuinely being moved by everything that's happening to him. And I can't remember, I think it was in that book you were reading from, but part of the analysis is just that it's the first time with Christmas Present that he gets to see his nephew and his underlings in their lives. Oh, that's right. Because he never goes. He never wants to be with them. No. He's he's, He's a recluse who has his routines Mm -hmm. and he's not going to break from it and he really doesn't care about others he just cares about that gold coin yeah which is why his love leaves him man that's so beautiful she's really something else she doesn't blame him she just says i'm not what you want anymore i'm Mm -hmm. not what you need yeah because you're after that gold Mm -hmm. and then of course what makes it so wonderful is that he does have that like this long sort of cathartic change. Mm-hmm. I don't know if catharsis is the right <laughs> word here, but he really comes through and he's so excited. I love how giddy he is. 
when he finally gets back to his life after the visitations mm-hmm. and how immediately he just wants to dive into putting good works out there. And I think that's a huge piece of it. There's that wonderful quality of redemption, mm-hmm. which allows us the sense of possibility. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm going to go back to the idea of hope mm-hmm. because I don't know that there are other creatures on this planet or out there in the universe that feel hope that hold on to hope in the same way that we do mm-hmm. all the time. It's a kind of remarkable part of our human <laughs> DNA and makeup <laughs> is that we have that capacity and that capacity keeps us moving forward so often. It does. And I think Scrooge, he backed himself into a corner. Like, you know, it started with his love leaving him and then he just, he had a lot of tragedies in his own life, some mm. of which he created, some which he didn't, yeah. when his sister died and yeah. all that stuff. But I think he got to the point where it was easier to be Scrooge yeah. than to open his heart or to make a positive change because it just was. And I agree. I think when you compare the ghosts to, like oh, they're, yes. especially in the adaptations, mm. I mean, how you just can picture them anyway. I love, love, love how each of them is so unique. You're right. At the end, the he says he feels oh 10 years younger or he's giddy he's completely giddy he's like rushing around his house and yeah and and he's just is just overwhelmed by the joy of being alive and being Mm -hmm. able to put good back into the world Mm -hmm. and i like that Mm -hmm. i mean i think that's the best part of why this keeps us coming back to it again and again and again it's because it allows us the hope of making a change, right? To quote unquote, right our wrongs. And then that allows us to move into a better future, to make the world a better place, not only for ourselves, but for those around us. Aww. Peace on earth and goodwill towards all. All. Yes. So then you have to think about Bob Cratchit, right? And his family, which is nobody can do any wrong. Scrooge is still a human when he treats him with respect and I don't know, he's just Bob he, Bob is just such a good guy and the, the, the family family oh is my gosh seeing them the you Christmas know, pudding yes <laughs> and I really love how attached Scrooge gets to Tiny Tim immediately you're right immediately mm-hmm. he is highly invested in that little boy and his well-being and his future you know why and this is another thing I read is because this whole thing about social injustice. Yeah. It's not for yourself. It's for the future. Mm. Dickens was really committed to that message to the greater population of... The greater good. Yeah, the greater good. And they need to work towards having fair work policies for them, for the future generation to survive and thrive. Scrooge at the beginning, his harshness with, are there not poor houses? Send the poor there. Are there not prisons are there not workhouses or whatever i don't even remember all of it but it's so cold Mm -hmm. it is so unfeeling and inhumane and to see that turn into something completely the opposite is just it's so wonderful to watch to read so we watch it while we're wrapping christmas presents perfect that on christmas eve yeah 
because that's what we do. <laughs> Who has time any other yeah, that's right. day of the day of the week? It really is, you know, a joyful time. Is there anything else you want to talk Which about? Which adaptation coming back? Oh. you watch? Uh, is it the 54, the black and white one? Was that the one with Georgie Scott? I think so. We were talking mm, the other day about the be. Alistair Sim. It's, I Sims think it's, the, that's that like a third, the 30s. <laughs> Thank you very, <laughs> Thank you very much. much. <laughs> My favorite song. It's the one thing that I remember the most from that one. I have the Muppets. I own the Muppets Christmas Carol. Yes. And I love it. <laughs> and I think Gonzo, the great Gonzo, makes a fantastic Charles Dickens yes. with his sidekick, Rizzo the Rat. It's hilarious. And Michael Caine is brilliant as Scrooge. Yeah. They do a really, really good job, I think. I love that one. There's also a Disney cartoon one. And I think Donald Duck plays Scrooge. <laughs> Or something. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. Is is Mickey Mouse Bob Cratchit? Isn't that? That's right. Yeah. Is it, mm-hmm. Something like okay, that. That one's not our favorite. No. Though, but I love Patrick Stewart's. Oh, you, right. I mean, yeah. Yeah. That man really does it well. And he did a one act or a one person play. Yeah. Right. Where he yeah. read. He read, he the, read, play. It, read yeah. the play. Read the play. Read the book. Or read the book. Yeah. So. Can you imagine hearing this in his just yeah. stunning voice? And Dickens would read it. <gasps> yes. It, it, yeah. Um, so. If you want to plan for that, it's about three-ish hours if you want to read it aloud to your family. <laughs> I think that would be so much be fun. So fun. Everybody should take a stave. Yes. And read you're it. Right. Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anyway, so we're, we're digressing again. A but, bit. Um, we were just talking this week about we have the schedule of movies. We have Christmas movies we have to watch. Mm-hmm. And it includes A Christmas Carol. Among, have to. It's, it's, it's a classic. Yeah, so other personal favorites. Let's see. So we talked about... Well, there is one that they just released on Apple TV this year called Spirited. It stars Ryan Reynolds, Will Ferrell, and Octavia Spencer. And it's not a true adaptation. It is definitely a retelling Mm -hmm. of Scrooge. It's a wonderful musical. It's just so much fun. And you will never hear the phrase, good afternoon, (laughs) the same again. Ever. It's, like it's brilliant. An inside Just joke now. Brilliant. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. <laughs> You'll get it once you see the movie. Oh, but yeah, and, it was great. And what's delightful about that is that comes directly from the book. There's that whole sequence in the beginning. In the, yeah, it's yeah in the beginning. where he's being solicited by his nephew. Not solicited, but he's visited. His nephew's trying to get him to come and join them for Christmas, and he just keeps saying to the nephew, Good afternoon. He's basically, Get the F out. Yeah. <laughs> bye bye. I'm done. I'm done talking. Oh my gosh. So I'd seen Spirited before I actually cracked the book. And when I read that, I just started laughing out loud. Yeah, we so both, those we are both enjoyed that. And then the other thing I just wanted to mention is. The book, in its original form, is illustrated. It is? Yeah, because he says on this, you know, it has with illustrations. No. Yeah, and we have all the first one, I think, is Fezziwig's Ball. Yeah, it says with illustrations by, I think, John LeBon. You can check me on that, but here's one. I'm showing Lane. This is at the end, okay? Oh. And it's, it's at Cratchit's house and Scrooge. There's a line, I'll read it. And the reason I'm talking about it is because Scott, my husband, he changes like his profile to this illustration every Christmas. Really? And he makes Smoking Bishop, which have... is what they're drinking oh on my Christmas Day. God. Yes. So at the end, when Scrooge visits the Cratchits, he says, A merrier Christmas, Bob, my good fellow. 
that I have given you for many a year. I'll raise your salary and endeavor to assist your struggling family, and we will discuss your affairs this very afternoon over a Christmas bowl of smoking bishop. <laughs> oh, and it's just, it's a punch. It's just yeah. like a Christmas punch. And that, that last illustration is Scrooge in his nightgown at right. and nightcap. That's um, the best. With Bob Cratchit. Because he was so excited. He just ran he out in his yeah. clothes. Yeah. yeah. And port, which uh, we're yes. enjoying right now, is cheers. cheers. <laughs> the recipe for smoking bishop. So... Hmm. Yeah. So they're just these are just personal things. We we have all of Dickens' novels, so you can choose from our library. <laughs> We'd like to read Pickwick Papers, David Copperfield, I don't know. Oliver Twist. I'm gonna think on it. So many. But I think the majority do have that humor. I think that's what carries it. Yeah. To tell you the Great truth. Great expectations. Okay. Yeah. So that's one of the Havisham, right? Little Dorrit. So many. Okay. All right. So what else we want to talk about? For those of you who might be traveling every year, there's the Morgan Library and Museum in New York City displays Dickens' manuscript for A Christmas Carol, and they turn it to a new page every year. And they've been doing this. They've housed this since 1890. Gosh. Can you imagine? That's amazing. It well, really we're going to go see it. We're going there. In December, and I definitely want to put that on the itinerary. Oh now. my god, you have to because it's the original manuscript. Yes, it's amazing. So it has all his little markings and and editing and everything. Amazing. Six weeks. He wrote it in six weeks. Six weeks, like with a fountain pen. And I <laughs> know. It's bonkers. Yeah, bonkers. When you get down to it, and you think about the characters, right? It's mm. it's not one of these novels where there are characters upon characters upon characters. But what I think is neat is seeing them through the past, present, and future, right? Yes. And you said something funny about he wrote into the text something about the ghosts we're going to visit over a couple of days. Yes. <laughs> but- so when Marley's ghost first comes to visit Scrooge, he tells Scrooge that... One ghost will visit him each night. So it's assumed that it will be three nights in a row that he's visited. And then somewhere along the way, as he was writing it, he gave up that idea and made it all happening one after the other on one night alone. Mm-hmm. And there's that article in the Post by Benjamin Dreyer. It was hilarious. This is great. Hang on. I'm going to find it. It says... Imagine the author's sweaty realization as he's hastily pulling into the home stretch that he has delivered the promised progress of the three spirits. Jacob Marley makes it uh, abundantly, explicitly clear that only one will appear per night over the course of a single evening. The spirits have done it all in one night, Scrooge exclaims. They can do anything like that. And then adding for good, if desperate, measure. Of course they can. Of course they can. (laughs) Nice save, Charles. He finishes. The writer, Dreyer, finishes in his article. It's great. And that, that is Dickens' humor. Yes. As well. That, like, there's something in what Dreyer writes that just reflects back how Dickens just makes the levity yeah. in He's it. He's, like, laughing at himself. Yeah. He's like, yeah, Haha, okay, well, then we're going to do it this way. And, <laughs> yeah, it's just fantastic. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about, like, the background characters. You mentioned his nephew, and then there's the Fezziwigs, 
and his love. There are all these kind of, you know, Tiny Tim. Mm -hmm. I mean, do you have a favorite, like, that just kind of stands out? I love his nephew. He's such a great foil Mm -hmm. for Scrooge in his eternal optimism, joy, regardless of his money situation. Yeah. He just doesn't care. He's going to feel good. And it's wonderful. And that's, again, why Scrooge is like, get away. Get out. Good afternoon. (laughs) Good afternoon. And nothing rattles the nephew, really. And he stands by Scrooge throughout, always. Mm -hmm. And I like that sense of loyalty and belief in his uncle, despite his uncle's continued behavior and thwarting of his advances, for lack of a better word. That's not the right word, but his attentions. Attentions, yeah. Not advances. That's weird. No, I get what you mean, because it comes through when you're reading it. Yeah. And and I will say, I love Fezziwig. I mean, how many times have I already mentioned? Yeah. Fozziwig. Oh, fo- <laughs> That was like the best moment in the Muppets where, it's, oh, we're going to Fozziwigs. Of course you are. Of course it's Fozziwig. <laughs> oh, my God. It is just the best. It is. And, and just the, the illustration in the book. Uh, it's the very first page is the, the illustration is... At the Fezziwig's ball. Oh. And just the humor. And again, he's already tipsy and his wife and everybody's dancing. And it's just the ultimate office party. It is. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to work for the Fezziwigs? No. They just seem like a great bunch. I know. For sure. I know. When you see each of those players in the present, in the past, because mm-hmm. he was buds with Fezziwig. Like, they partied together or whatever, yeah. you know, or they were up and coming together before Scrooge got his heart broken again in the future. It's just so interesting in six weeks to pull all that together. Yeah. All of these pieces of the carol. Even if you did it in six months. Yes. (laughs) Six years. Yeah, I know. Just the fact that he has this really straightforward beginning, middle, and end, right? It is classic tragedy in its telling, in its plot, let me say. Except for, of course, the end. Oh, and there's that there's that bit about how he emphasized that Tiny Tim did not die. He made that clear, Dickens did. And I think that too says a lot because I think that's something that got criticized at the time, hmm. that people didn't necessarily want that neat, tidy, cheerful ending for Tiny mm. Tim. They wanted it a little more ambiguous, hmm. perhaps. Mm-hmm. Stodgy old stuff is... Um, <laughs> but... Dickens, that was important to him to make it known that Tiny Tim could live. Yeah. That, again, speaks to what you were saying about the social justice and the future and how can you have the potential of the future if the that potential future is dead. Yeah. In the present. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And there's a pay it forward because, like, in the end, mm-hmm. everybody's, the kid gets the big tip to go get the Christmas goose and... Everybody, it's infectious Mm. in a good Mm -hmm. way that people see Scrooge and then they're just like, everybody's happier and smiling and he just... Just delight at being alive and being changed and transformed Mm -hmm. sends Mm -hmm. him onto this mission. And yes, it's hard to thwart that kind of enthusiasm and joy. Mm -hmm. So obviously this is a picture of extremes, Mm -hmm. but all of us have a little bit of Scrooge in us. Oh, sure. And I think this is a good time of year to reflect, change, make those. (laughs) I'm laughing because that has become the Christmas message. Yeah. Everywhere. Mm -hmm. It's not just in a Christmas carol. It's in 
every sort of Christmas movie, any Christmas book, there's always that yeah. giving. <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, unless it's a murder mystery, but... <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Bad Santa or whatever. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> but for the most part, the message of Christmas is to take care of your fellow human beings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And put goodness out into the world. And the idea that let's try to carry it beyond just this season. And we will. Yes, we will. That's our mission. That's our motto. Of course, there's probably a million oh, gosh. versions of this you, book. I think it's in the public domain, so you can find this pretty oh, gotcha. much anywhere. Okay. You know? mm-hmm. If you go to the website of that museum you mentioned, you yeah. can see the manuscript. Yeah. Handwritten manuscript. Yeah. And by the way, that is the J.P. Morgan. And we looked at it online. Museum. It is, it is gorgeous. gorgeous. Beautiful. can only imagine what it looks mm-hmm. like in person. If you want, you can get A Christmas Carol and Other Christmas Books which is a collection, Mm -hmm. which is the one that I was reading from. I think you had the standalone. Penguin Classics has a a great one. I think they also have a collection of Dickens Mm -hmm. stories as Mm -hmm. well. And we wouldn't really be here without our Penguin Classics. I know, right? We love them. Yes. So whip up some Smoking Bishop. You gotta put that recipe online. Oh, yes, we'll do that. Yeah. We'll put the recipe online. Any final Closing thoughts about A Christmas Carol. Just that I'm so glad this book is in our world. Absolutely. Like, really, who would we be without it? Can you imagine? No, you're right. What if this book hadn't been written? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) What timeline are we on now? It's a cautionary tale, but it's also... A redemptive tale. Redemptive tale. Yeah. That's why it's a tragic comedy. What? I didn't even make that word up. What? It's a real, real, real word. That's um, talking crazy. I know. Well, this is super fun. And yeah. And we yeah. enjoyed reading it. And I know we're going to watch at least six of the adaptations mm-hmm. over the Christmas break. Because come December 24th at 4 p.m., <laughs> we're it's off the clock for a while. Christmas Carol. All <laughs> That's right. The time. All the time. You probably could do like 24-hour. Oh, I'm sure you could. You can always find it on TV. Yeah, somewhere. Somewhere. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let us know, listeners, what your favorite adaptation is. But thanks for listening. Yeah. Hope you guys are having a really good holiday time. Like you're not overly stressed, that you're feeling good. And I hope you come visit. Yeah, come visit. And it's okay to be stressed. Just take it in stride. It's easy to push that on other people, but just... All remember to take care of our fellows. Take care of your fellows. All right. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you would like to help support We Speak Volumes, our podcast, please share it with others. Mm -hmm. You can easily share with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating or a review, written review, Ooh, wherever you're listening to right. our podcast. Or you could mail us one. Huh? Oh, my gosh. Old school. Old school. <laughs> and to catch all the latest from Bard's Alley Bookshop, you can follow us on social media. It's at Bard's Alley. And if you want to order A Christmas Carol or any other gifts, go to our website, bardsalley.com. There's a shop tab, and you can come in-store. You can do it online. But we really appreciate the support. You can also check out our show notes. We always include things that we've talked about, Mm -hmm. other books, movies, Mm -hmm. the recipe, Mm -hmm. you know, will Mm -hmm. all be there. 
there. Mm-hmm. We'd really also love to see you in person, as we always say, at the shop. So feel free to come and visit our bookshop in Vienna, Virginia. It's very beautiful this time of year. And thank you to Ryan Grover. Yay. Thank you, Ryan. He is master. Yes, masterful editor and producer and engineer. We are six months. We've done six months. Really? Yeah. Wow. We started in July. So that is a milestone for us. So I say congratulations, Lane. Huzzah, Jen. All right. Thank you to all of you as well who have stuck with us and listened. And we already mapped out 2023 and we're excited to begin in January. And thanks again, everybody. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, happy Hanukkah, happy Happy Kwanzaa, and happy new year. Happy new year. All right. Thanks again. And what do you say, Lane? Should we book it? Yeah, let's book it. Mm -hmm.